0: Welcome to To Grow Good, a podcast of conversion stories, to share encounters with a living God, to bear good fruit, a place where others can meet or be inspired to meet God. So get cozy, lean in, and listen close. Miracles are at work, and He wants to meet you too. My name is Rachel Smith, and I'm your host. Now, let's start growing some good. Hello, hi, friends, and welcome to the final conversion story of Season Two. I am so. Glad you are here. Thank you for joining for this adventure of season two as to just continues to develop and expand. And gosh, all the ways that I'm just thinking back from season one to season two and everything that the Lord has just put in my path, all the ways that he's invited me to say yes. And thanks to all of you and all of your support, we've been able to say yes together to exploring what it is that the Lord wants to make of the show, make of this podcast, the ways that these stories have changed my my own walk with God, my own heart. I pray that they've changed yours as well. Um, I would love to hear just like, what was your favorite story or if any jumped out to you or made an impact? It's been so great to see so many new people finding the show Thank you for all of our listeners um, from the very beginning that who, who have been sharing the show with others in their lives, who's been spreading the word about these amazing conversion stories and the ways that God is so alive right now. And he's so at work in the world. And these stories, these testimonies, these conversion stories are the ways that we can see him, the ways that we know he's alive. And I also just want to thank you for all your prayers and support as I have grown into this calling, you know, you hear so often that God does not call the equipped, he equips the called and that is exactly what has been happening with to grow good. It's like I am learning on the fly. I'm trying to discern where God's leading this and I'm trying to make it possible for us to say yes to it. So with all that being said, we have a goal for season three, we are hoping to be able to take these conversion stories that you're watching, release them every week rather than every other week, and do it via live stream so we would do it on Instagram live YouTube live hopefully, you know, again, I'm saying this all as I'm learning on the fly. but we would do it live every week and then upload the audio. So you'd still be able to listen, um, as a podcast. And then on top of that, I would do scripture seeds too, at some regular basis. So if that's something that you believe in, I, a few of you have reached out and said, yes, I want that. So if that's something that you also feel in your heart would be the right move for to grow good, to continue to grow and expand, um, and reach new people, reach new souls, and just continue to spread these incredible stories of God at work. Please prayerfully consider the best way to support this mission is to join us in the Branches of the Vine community of supporters, which is a monthly financial commitment um, for as little as the cost of one pumpkin spice latte a month. You could be supporting this mission to build up God's kingdom, to build up the church on earth, if you believe in me, if you believe in this calling, if these stories have moved you in some way, if you love this show, I really, really would appreciate your help in getting this show where God is calling it to be. And I just can't do it on my own. There are financial commitments and all sorts of commitments that I have to make in order to make that happen. And I feel the call in my heart. I don't know if this is the timing for it, that I am leaving up to the Lord. I'm leaving up to all of you guys. So the goal is to reach 50 supporters, 50 monthly supporters. So that would be at least $250 a month to help me cover the costs, to expand the show, to go into new avenues. You can visit patreon.com slash to grow good. The link is also in today's episode description. And just prayerfully consider joining us. If we reach that 50 monthly supporters or $250 a month, that will sufficiently cover the costs to run this show. There are like monthly costs that go into it. Lots of different things that go into creating and producing the show and then helping it to grow, doing the things that it needs to actually become, you know, better, better quality, reaching more people, advertising, emails, and then other things that I would love to be able to do like scripture studies maybe someday or small groups. And there's just so many things we could do, guys, but if, but I can't do it on my own. So if you believe in that, please consider joining us in time for season three and we could put some of those things into place for season three. That that would be the goal. So if we hit 55-0 supporters or... $250 a month equivalent. I can make that happen with all of your help. But if we don't, that's okay too. You know, I still believe that this call is going to be there. It's going to stay there. And however we get there, I know the Lord's going to provide a way for us to do it. Um, and so I'm just basically between this season and next season, I'm just going to be spending the next few months really discerning what God wants to do with the show, how he wants to expand it, where he wants it to go. And I ask for all your prayers um, for myself to be able to have the grace to discern his will and also the grace and the confidence to step into this calling and make it what I know the Lord um, is calling it to be. So thank you so much for your prayers. And then lastly, I ask that you share this show if every single person listening to this right now shares it with one person in their life, just think of everything the Holy Spirit could do through that. Our stories are so powerful and today's story especially is incredibly powerful. I'm so excited for you to hear this conversion story. Lastly, if you haven't already, the best way to stay in touch with the podcast Between seasons, is to follow us on Instagram at to grow good, or join our email list. You get a bunch of stuff just by signing up. You get weekly um, devotions on each gospel of the week, written by Catholic women that I've been journeying with along um, in my own community. That I really felt the prompting and the nudge of the Holy Spirit to include into grow good and what a beautiful way to do that through written devotions reflecting on each week's gospel and then you also get behind the scenes updates updates on where the ministry is going when we come back different things like that so definitely hop on the email list if you go to to growgood.com resources slash resources and sign up there you can get free downloads so like how I pray with scripture you get there um and a whole lot of other stuff And I should have mentioned, but if you join Branches of the Vine, you also get a bunch of free gifts on top of the freebies you get when you join the email list. Um, There are monthly bonus episodes, each one going in depth on a different aspect of my own conversion journey into the church. Um, There are gifts from the To Grow Good shop at every giving level, and there are guided audio scripture meditations for you to be able to dive into scripture on your own with promptings from audio my audio kind of the way that I pray with scripture I wanted to be able to provide a way for you to be able to do that yourself and the best way to do that is just through self-guided audio so you listen and the promptings are there I read the scripture then I prompt different prayer prompts for you to be able to encounter the Lord um and that There are four of them, and you get all of that if you sign up to be a member of Branches of the Vine and help this mission to grow. All that being said, I am so excited about this week's conversion story. Honestly, I still have goosebumps from this story. I'm still unpacking it, and we did this interview weeks ago, And honestly, I I knew when I listened to it, I'm like, I want to save this for the last episode of the season because it is so amazing. It's a story of true conversion. Her name is Cheryl and Cheryl went through a whole journey of conversion. She grew up originally Catholic, but fell away from the faith and started dabbling, not only dabbling actually, but she began dabbling in a lot of new age practices. Um, And then eventually she got deeper and deeper and deeper into this. Uh, She started, I mean, she's done pretty much everything you could imagine. She got really, really deep into that new new age world. And um, it's incredible. Honestly, it's incredible what happened. I, I don't even, it, the Lord is so amazing. And the way that he works in each of our lives is so unique to our own journey and our own experiences. But I don't want to give anything away. I'll just tell you that it's a true story of healing. It's a true story of deliverance. And it's a true story of God's incredible power. And how very real the forces of evil are in our world and the forces of good of the lord it is just a wild journey with miraculous miraculous things happening healings and physical healings spiritual healings emotional healings at every level and cheryl is so brave for sharing this i also i mean we were talking cheryl and i recently and I shared with her I wanted it to be the last conversion story of the season and we kind of figured out the date that it would be released and we realized it would be released so close to Halloween. I, there's so much kind of darkness, especially in the culture today, surrounding Halloween. I just feel like the coincidence is no coincidence with the timing of this story and the very real threat that evil forces have in this world, but the very real prevailing power of Jesus Christ against those forces. And I can't wait. I feel just honored to be able to share this with you all today. And that's why my invitation to share this episode, share to grow good with one person in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit who it is that the Lord may be asking for you to share this with and just send the link. You know, you just never know who might click play and who might listen and who might need to hear that this is all real and God's very much alive and at work. And that the second we call upon him, he's just waiting to have this living dynamic relationship with us where he can heal us and bring us into the fullness of life which is what he wishes for every single one of us without any other delay here is the conversion story of Cheryl Cheryl hello welcome to the show hi (laughs) I'm so glad that you're here and that we are finally doing this um Let's start out. Yeah. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and what it is that you do
1: now? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, when we first met, my goodness, that was, I want to say February. It's, it's, it's good that we're finally getting to this. Um, so, um, I, you know, I live in Exeter, New Hampshire. I work in a small company, um, in the same town, And um, really just kind of, you know, nothing really, I would say, like, outstanding about my life. I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted, it took me some time, as you know, to, (laughs) uh, to, um, to get to the point where I would share my story. But I feel like actually the fact that I'm just sort of a regular old person walking down the street is one of the reasons why my story is so significant um because i think some of the things that i've experienced that's not to say that they will happen to anyone but they that they could that just regular people walking around um you know getting entangled with the wrong stuff and falling away from the lord um it happens all the time so um yeah so i grew up in new hampshire i lived out of the area for about 10 years um, about seven of those years in new jersey and three in pennsylvania And um, I was working at a very large financial institution when I decided to make the move back. And I just, um, you know, my parents were getting older and I just, I missed, I think, some of the simplicity of New England living. Um, You know, it's just different there. I really enjoyed and appreciate there's a lot of great things in that area. Um, But I just started to crave kind of just just the air actually um, the air is so different here and being just, out
0: outside
1: and the seasons
0: yeah. and yeah there's so much about New England that I love too yeah. I
1: don't know if I could ever
0: I can visit other places and love them but I don't know my heart's like here it's hard to imagine you know ever leaving it for good yeah yeah um, Definitely. all right so yes I and I love that about you and your story I mean when I uh we so I guess we should kind of explain. We know each other because we <laughs> met going to the same parish, and I could not believe <laughs> what I was hearing when um, I got to hear Cheryl's story. It is just absolutely incredible. the The Lord is so real, and these things are so real. And I think that's what is so essential about yeah, hearing from people that are doing amazing things for the church and in ministry and all these things and I find that incredible too but also just to hear stories from like people like me and you who just like you know we just had these experiences and it's changed our lives um and that yeah it's all true I think that's what (laughs) it's so amazing to hear these stories at least for me it's so yeah it's so fortifying um But yeah, can you, let's, yeah, let's go back to the beginning. Could you just share a little bit of background of what your um, journey with the faith has been like, whether you can remember a moment um, growing up when you realized that the Lord was real or God was real, um, or if you had any sort of background in the faith at all, uh, whether you were raised With any religion or relation to God at all and then yeah and then kind of leading into the moment where you did encounter encounter God in your story so yeah if you could just start us in the beginning that would be so
1: good all right so I was born (laughs) (laughs) um but I definitely had um a faith I was raised Catholic. Um, both of my parents were raised Catholic. In fact, my, um, on my mom's side, um, her father worked for, um, he, he was in a area where they had an archdiocese and he worked for, um, for the church for 60 years. So he, um, was a very faithful man. And, um, that's actually where I have my, I'm wearing my miraculous medal that he gave me. Um, and that's really i would say um we're probably i think anything that sort of sticks out i think i remember just because it was so much more a part of their worlds like i have more memories of um faith-based activities from my mom's side more so than my dad's but my dad actually you know his parents lived right around the corner from a church and that was really cool um I enjoyed that when I went to visit them as a little kid and so um I as a child I would say excuse me there were some signs um now that I know what I know and the experiences that I've had that there was some diabolical stuff going on um and and a lot of those things can happen through just different things that like your family members can get into that can cause some issues. And so it turns out that there's some um, some Freemasonry in my family that I didn't know about. And I'm not even sure this family member um, who is now deceased even was fully aware because a lot of people who get involved don't know, under they don't fully understand what they're doing um, or once they're in, they're in. Um, But he was in sort of like an offshoot where there were like, there were roots, but he wasn't a Freemason. He got involved in an organization like that. And, um, and so I had a lot of throughout my life, I've had a lot of different experiences, holy and unholy. And so as a child, I, you know, at five years old, I was already having nightmares and being tormented at night, um, nightmares about Satan, um, you know, having those experiences, feeling like something was watching me, that type of thing. Um, I would see weird things when I would close my eyes, just stuff like that. And, um, but you know, you just kind of go on and it's not really something that is really kind of out there. Um, so, and when you're little, little like that, like, you don't know, you just think that's how you sleep, you know, you don't know. So, um, you know, I made all of my sacraments, made my confirmation, but truthfully, only because my family was making me. Um, But I did believe in God. And I did, I was always really drawn to saints, fascinated by their stories, horrified by some of their stories, intrigued by their stories, but just their dedication to God just blew me away. I was always really gripped by that, the things that they that especially martyrs and people that died very violent deaths that just that their bodies were just nothing to them. You know, and I I don't mean to minimize it, make it sound like it was no big deal, but just, I mean, when you read some of the stories, they really are, are kind of like that. And so I was always very inspired by saints. And then, you know, as you go along, you get away from it. My family fell away from the church. You know, you kind of, it's like a gradual process. You start doing just the holiday thing. And the next thing you know, you're not going at all. Then you grow up and you move on and you move out. And, and it just wasn't, um, you know, in terms of worship, there was no worship of God. And then that began to slip into, um questions even believing whether or not god was real and one of the one of the things that actually happened during my ccd journey um, that really made me question god it was very confusing to me was i had a ccd teacher who was a very nice man who i liked and he was talking about how his his son had been killed in a freak accident um a sport injury actually. And he said that he had gotten away from the faith. And then the Lord said, okay, now I've got your son. And I almost felt like my heart broke in half. And I just could not accept that. And I was very confused because I was just like, I knew that this man was a good man. Even, even though I was a child, I somehow, I knew in my heart that he was a good man. And that he was hurting and what he said was wrong, but I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know where to go with that, you know? So it was just something that I just kind of like, I, I just tucked away in my heart and was very confused about God for a long time. But, and there are a lot of things I'm not trying to say it was just him, but it was just this, like, what do I do with that? And then even just, you know, the different things you hear about God's wrath or this or that, you know, it's, it can be very confusing at times and It didn't make sense to me because I couldn't put together all of the pieces of um, what some of the things you hear. And that's because I didn't have a relationship with him. So when you're just hearing these bits and pieces, whether it's through mass or CCD or whatever, or something that someone says, and you're not on your own seeking the Lord, and you're not being taught how to do that, you don't do that so and i'm sure there were plenty of times where the lord was banging on my door i know he was i would feel drawn to him i would feel i would go start going back to church even as like a teenager on my own i was going back to church and then falling away and so unfortunately this led to um you know me making a lot of bad decisions a lot of them surrounding things that we think in terms of, you know, it's just entertainment if you use a Ouija board, it's just for fun if you read your horoscope and it's, um, you know, no big deal if you get involved in the occult or, you know, read a bunch of horror stories or, you know, focus on those things that it's just harmless and it's quote all in good fun. And I, over time, again, it's a progression. Um, I got more and more and more and more involved in new age Um, accepting their the the lies really the lies there are a lot of lies and what's really complicated about it is that you know in our conversation earlier there's a lot of times a kernel of truth and then they're just woven and woven and woven and woven into these massive webs where they get so like perverted and twisted into these concepts that are just total lies. And it really separated me um, from the Lord like way more than I even had any idea. And then it got to a point where I got involved with this sort of energetic healing thing. And um, some people are familiar, there's different things out there, but um, this particular one that I got involved with is called IET, it stands for Integrated Emotional Therapy. And so it's different than Reiki, but similar, and that involves doing some symbols and it's like healings and their, their tagline, so to speak, is it gets the issues out of your tissues. So if you've got this, say you had trauma in your life and you have some sort of um, wound that's just not healing, this is going to be the thing that, that does it. And It was interesting because now at this point, um, again, not really fully understanding some of the things I was experiencing, I was already like really entangled with the demonic and not having any idea because um, I would feel like presence, like a presence of something, but they really can masquerade themselves so that. I would be aware of something being around me or the like the spiritual experience, but I wouldn't know it was something evil. So, um, I remember sort of like this being led to this thing and feeling like, Oh, I'm looking for this thing. I don't know what it is, but I know I'll find it. I mean, that's just crazy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I just remember searching and searching and searching and, um, And one day I was like, this, this thing, this IET thing, that, that's the thing I'm looking for. Never heard of it, I never knew anyone that did it, nothing, nothing. Like when you give access to the enemy, they can really work with you and nudge you. And the thing that's really scary about all this is that they can't force you, but they nudge and we say, okay. And they nudge, we say, okay. So I got this inclination to go look for this thing. I didn't know what it was. And I just rolled with it. I just rolled with it. You know, everything that I experienced was all because of the decisions that I made. Not to mention at, you know, when all of this was being piled on top of the fact that I was completely and totally away from the church, no relationship with God, you know, not praying to him, not thanking him, not, I believed in him. You know, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't, you know, I I wouldn't have gone as far as to like do things that in my mind were against him, even though I was living a life completely against him. By, you know, just the different things that I was into, music I listened to, um, or, you know, movies I'd watch, or just things that, again, people think are, quote, no big deal, but I was completely and totally facing the wrong direction for a long time. And the way I lived my life was just, um, it was just very, very ungodly and but yet very quote normal so um i remember when i came across this website for this thing i started to read it and either my guardian angel or the holy spirit someone was nudging me away and again i just pretty much said yeah i'm gonna ignore that nudge because i started to feel like this is insane this thing that i'm reading is crazy and And I, I said to myself, if I keep reading this, I won't do it. So I shut my laptop. I mean, it's just wild, wild. So the next thing I know, here I am. And I, I had gotten at one point into different, all different types of energetic things. And I remember, I remember reading something once um, surrounding crystals and energy and it said, oh, this type of crystal, it awakens the Kundalini spirit. And I was like, what the heck is that? So I looked it up and I was like, huh, snake, huh? A snake that uncoils itself and goes up your spine and comes out your head. And that's how you reach enlightenment. Hmm. Yeah, no, thanks. I don't think I, I don't know what that is. I'm not interested. Um, unfortunately... Um, Freemasonry actually does have some overlaps like there's different there's a lot of different branches in it and I was already unbeknownst kind of having an issue in that area without me knowing it so um so I um I I really was turned off at that whole notion and so when i had my workbook when i was at the first you know sessions or whatever because i bypassed receiving a session so basically what i did was i became a quote master in this and so you can go and just have a session where you receive the treatment, quote treatment or you can become a practitioner where you're performing it on someone or you can become a master where basically you're creating other practitioners. And that's the point that I got to. Yeah. So earlier when I was at the, when I was becoming a practitioner, um, I saw something in the workbook where it talked about different energies and it was sort of like, you know, this energy, that energy, uh, Kundalini, et cetera. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And I asked, I specifically asked the person running this. And I said, I have a question for you. Does anything that we're doing involve the Kundalini spirit? Cause if it does, I don't want to do it. And she looked right at me and said, no.
0: Wow.
1: So you knew like something in you knew. this Yes, but yet, what did I ignored it? I mean, when we talk about the Lord being infinitely patient with us, I mean, infinitely patient. And he, like I said, he was, regardless of whether or not, We seek him, he seeks us. He is always seeking us, always, no matter what we do, just with his arms outstretched, just waiting for us to turn around and to just embrace him and say, I'm sorry. Um, So I, um, I went on and what was interesting is that as we, I started to feel, and again, I just rolled with it. I started to feel the sensation in my head. Now, unbeknownst to me, they she was doing all of these symbols above my head. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So I received three different attunements and each one, there was a symbol drawn above my head. And one of them is like a, they call it a heart link. So basically without me realizing it, this and there's gestures that you do that go along with each of these symbols. And there were things that I would do without me knowing I was consecrating myself to, I was consecrating my heart to the demonic. And um, then there was the Kundalini, but what I started to feel my head move. Now I had no idea, cause again, she lied and she's doing these things about my head. I can't see her. She's standing behind me, I'm sitting in a chair, but I felt this like this sensation and something sort of come around my head and my head began to move almost as if my face was drawing a picture. And I would make these very specific patterns and I would just repeat them. Like anytime I was like doing these things, this stuff would happen. And um, so whatever, I went on and, um, you know, finished up the sessions, did all the levels. And then not too much longer after that, I went up to the next level and I, the master level. And thankfully, I never actually, other than the people directly involved where you quote practice on people, I never like did anything in terms of like giving someone quote a treatment, nothing like that. It was only myself and the people directly involved, praise God. And so when I got up to the next level and they went and they said, okay, you know, they explained, they explained the reason why they basically hide things from you. And they said that, oh, you know, they're sacred and, you know, we, we just, and they gave all these excuses as to why you couldn't know what the symbols were. We'll come to find, this is when I learned what the symbols were. And now I had a new set of workbooks wow. and I looked at that symbol and it was like a little squiggle as if it was a snake with a circle around it. And that's what was drawn over my head among other things. And it, and they don't even like call it something else. They point blank, call it the Kundalini. And I was wow. just like, I looked at it. Wow. And I just, I got really angry for a second and then I just ignored it and I stayed. And then, and then instead I looked at the symbols and I was like, that's what my head was doing. My head was making that symbol. I didn't even know that they were doing, and I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. So the thing is you learn how to do these attunements to yourself at this level and so that was basically my prayer. Every, every morning I would get up and I would do these things instead of prayer. And, and the other thing that was really kind of disturbing in terms of twisting the truth is that they use names from the Bible. So these quote, these are supposedly angels. And this is part of what helped me accept some of these lies. I was like, oh, Gabriel, Michael, thinking that I was like, that is really cool. Like these are, these are real. This is St. Michael. This is Saint Gabriel. No no, they're not. So I would be filled with this incredible sense of dread. Every time I would do these attunements on myself, this incredible sense of dread. And I kept thinking to myself, if this is so good for me, why do I feel like this? I feel horrible. I feel like I do not want to do this. I don't understand. And then one night I was laying in bed And I was sort of recalling parts of the St. Patrick Breastplate Prayer, where it's talking about Christ above me, Christ below me. And I was unfortunately substituting it and and calling out to quote, Angel Michael, not Archangel Michael, not St. Michael, but that. And as I was doing this, laying in bed, for just a quick second, I saw a demon. It was like, the Lord flicked a light switch on it was so fast and it was the the way that I was described this moment is when that happened I felt like this thing was almost like enmeshed with me consuming me I always say it was in all of my senses all at the same time it was internal it was external I could see it I could feel it it was everywhere it was all around me and it it was just, and um, just the eyes, you know, I just remember that moment of seeing the eyes and just knowing that I was like, I looked straight into something so dark and so evil and it, I bolted up, I turned on the light and I started Googling actually. And the sad thing is, despite the fact that it, you know, in the in the bible how it talks about that the enemy prowls around literally prowls around looking to destroy us i had no idea i honestly had no idea i thought that all of these things were actually in hell and the only time they came out was with as if you actually worshiped or called them which is technically what i was doing but they're out there. Do you know what I mean? They're literally, I mean, so are holy angels and so is the Holy spirit. But I mean, like they're, they're not bound up in hell. <laughs> we know that at the end, we know how the story goes, but they're around us. They are lurking. They are, they hate humans. Um, and I was googled is there such thing as an evil angel that is how deceived I was that's how ignorant I was that's how lost I was it and the stuff that started to come up and then I started finding like other people you know every now and then I'd find like a post or some sort of blog or something about people who had gotten tangled up in things I hadn't come across anyone specifically that got involved with the thing that I did but um but different, you know, people posting these things saying, you know, that they thought that it was something wholly surprised and no, it wasn't. Um, so it was very alarming. Um, I didn't know what to do. And I was so terrified at that point I had gotten so, so mixed up in so many things that the only thing I could do was talk to Jesus. I would He was the only name because to me, I felt like, okay, especially the thing with the whole Michael, it really flipped me upside down in my head. And I was like, okay, I feel like if I say God, it's like a little kid yelling mom in a grocery store at this point. It's like, what gods am I reaching? Because I don't even know how to reach the one true God anymore. I don't know who he is. I don't know where he is is there one? I don't even know, but I know Jesus is real. It was like, he was the only thing that I could cling to. And so from there, it was just a a very slow progression back. I, um, did find a priest and, you know, confessed and was terrified and I brought some of the books and he wouldn't even touch them. Um, because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. And I, um, I just very slowly began to work my way back. It was not easy because first off, the enemy is gonna do everything that they can to stop you, to confuse you, to, um, to block you from the truth, and so I had a really hard time coming back to Catholicism. And so I started doing these other, you know, like a Christian church or a Christian this or a Christian this. And I was so desperate that I even, and I know this isn't a thing, but I even got rebaptized. I mean, I was at one of these Christian churches and they were doing people were getting baptized for the first time. I got up there on stage, fully dressed, hopped in a tub of water. Whoop, I just was like, I just want to start over. I just wanted to start over. <laughs> Oh, thank God for divine mercy Sunday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously that wasn't really what I needed, but it was just like, that's how badly I struggled and how desperate I was to just have some holiness in my life. I just wanted to wash it all away. I just wanted it all to go away. And um, so then I, you know, just kind of continued on my journey, moved back, blah, blah blah. And that stuff that I got involved with was really nasty, and I began to have some real serious just across the board, everything going wrong issues. like like some like, like you can't make this stuff up going wrong kind of stuff. Like everything was broken all the time. And I was really sick and I ended up getting, um, having some really serious health problems. And um, I had a mast cell problem. And so it just had a blood disease and um, I was taking tons and tons of medication. They were extremely expensive. costing cost me thousands of dollars. I could hardly function. what your mast cells do they're part of the allergic response and so mine were just like i had a normal count but they just went crazy all the time they just basically were misfiring and so um i was on a lot of allergies i started having reactions to things that never bothered me like i love mushrooms and all of a sudden i couldn't even be in the room with a mushroom Um, everything caused problems, temperature changes, you know, when it's real cold outside, but your car is warm. I would get inside my car from being warm, even though it was really cold, and I would just gush blood out of my nose, or um, the opposite, when it's kind of cool in the morning, you know, a winter morning, maybe it's a little cold in the house, and, like, the shower's warm, and then my, again, my nose would just gush blood everywhere with temperature changes, and just, I mean, I would urinate blood. I was covered in rashes. I mean, my face would swell. I just, I could go on and on and on and on. It was, it was, it was, it was was actual hell literally affecting my body. And so as those things, as different things in my life just seemed to be getting worse and worse and worse, I was still seeking God. And I was at this point again, where I could barely function And I was, um, I was working at the Dollar Tree. I was working at the dollar store and mortified by that. Um, It was a very humbling experience, but I just could barely function. I would work there for four hours and I would come home and I would take off my shoes and lay down on the floor right in front of the door, because that's like all I could do. And, um, And one day, a very sweet, Older woman came through my line, you know, I was at the register and just making conversation. She said to me, So, how do you like working here? And I was like, instantly like inconsolable. Like, I just burst into hysterical tears. And I was just crying and I'm thinking to myself, my life is miserable. I want to crawl in a hole and die. I work at the Dollar Tree. Like what? I'm so sick. And this is broken and that's broken. And you know, my finances are being destroyed by this medication. And 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 I and she said to me, When you leave work today, why don't you go to St. Michael's of all of all churches that were closer to me, especially like with that wound that I had involving Saint Michael. Um, She said, you know, why don't you stop by, and so I did, and anyone who attends this parish or knows about this parish knows it's a very active parish, and um, at that time, I had no idea. I didn't know how rare it was for me to be there for three hours without a soul walking through that church. I mean, that's kind of not a thing there, (laughs) Um, and so I went there, and I sat down, on St. Joseph's side and thinking it was Jesus actually, like not recognizing, <laughs> not recognizing the statue of St. Joseph, thinking it was Jesus. And I cried hysterically. And I was, I said to him, and it's funny cause I didn't even really fully understand the scripture because clearly I didn't have a mustard seed of faith, but I said, You say all it takes is a mustard seed, and that is all I have. Help me to believe in you. And I just, it was like the tiniest little sliver of belief that God was real, that he was there, that he could help me. Um, It was a really, really painful hour And then the second hour I was crying, but I was, it was like, it was, I was calming down. I was crying, but I wasn't in that place of just gut-wrenching sobbing. And then the third hour I was filled with the most incredible peace. And I knew that God was real because I knew it was impossible for me to walk in those doors the way that I had, and for me to be in that place. It was impossible, absolutely impossible. I did not get there by myself. I knew God was real. I couldn't explain it to anyone. I just, and this is one of those things that I could say the story all day long, and it probably sounds like nothing, like, oh, so you cried and then you smiled, and so now you know God was real. But it was more than that. It was the feeling. And I—and he let me know that he was real. It was just like he touched somehow like the inner depths of my being and let me know that he was real and I just and that was it so you know again I I went through a lot of different things just you know struggling to come back and one of the things that moment actually and this Saint Ignatius of Loyola exercises the spiritual exercises those two things really have kept kept me afloat throughout this journey so I um was you know the lord really started to help me in different areas were just pointing me in the direction of things that were not of him or just letting me know like i feel upset except this upset thing is like on the outside like i don't feel i don't really feel like that's coming from me it feels external that's really weird And just, he was just like these little tiny little grains of sand. He was just kind of very gently, he's very gentle, um, leading me to a place where he was healing me from all of this demonic activity. And then after a couple months, the first day of advent of that year, um, these weird thoughts started coming into my head. Like, I hate church. And I was like, I don't hate church, what the? Um, and I said a prayer to the infant of Prague and I felt like I was going to vomit. And I was like, okay, that's, that's weird. And then I went to mass and when I was time to do any sort of singing, I couldn't sing. Like something would choke me and nothing would come out. And I thought, okay, there's something really wrong. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm about to take communion. And I know if there's some spiritual problem, this could be an issue. And I know I'm in the right place, but please, like, don't let there be a scene. I was starting to think that there was going to be that something was just going to unfold right then and there. I didn't know what to think. And I was able to take communion, praise God. And so afterwards I approached the priest and I said, Um, I think I might need to talk to an exorcist. And he said, No, you don't. You just, you just took communion. And I said, yeah, but there's been, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I explained some things and that it, things just got really bad. And so he said, okay, um, call father so-and-so. And then father so-and-so told me to call father so-and-so. And so, you know, again, the enemy does not make it easy. So I sort of went in circles for a while. And in the meantime, again, they, their goal is to intimidate, to try to stop you. So, you know, they just, they were sort of upping the ante, you know, things were moving by themselves in the house um you know i was constantly being attacked i was being choked all the time touched by things i felt like i was being stabbed all the time um it was just uh, an absolute nightmare and the worst part is that i at this point you know it had been about five months of me going through all this stuff and it was just getting worse and worse and worse and I was just giving them more and more and more and more authority in my life. Despite the fact that I was in church every day, despite the fact that I was praying to the Lord every day, I was being terrorized to the point where I was just starting to say, that's weird, but okay, because I couldn't take it anymore. And the choking, just, I couldn't take being choked like that all the time. And so a little quote, seemingly innocent things like God wants you to wear that sweatshirt really pretty sure he doesn't but okay and that's all you have to do something that simple but you're obeying to something that is not god and and so my behavior started getting really strange i was you know i would just was giving in and then i went to um i actually had gone to a couple traditional latin masses and so i went on the epiphany and I had a a healing and now I had no idea. So I just referred to it as a miraculous healing. Um, But because what I did not know is that um, at the time, so when the priest is doing the blessing of the salt and the water, they're actually doing prayers of exorcism. Mm. And so after that, a couple of days later, it's really hard to describe, but I just, Kind of like in that moment that I had when I knew that God was real, I was like, I don't need this medication. I'm healed. I couldn't explain it. I was taking tons of medication, tons of medication, like four times a day, all, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, And I just stopped taking it and I could eat normal and I stopped, you know, I didn't have these weird nosebleeds and the rashes went away and I was totally fine. I was completely and totally fine. After that, um, it just began to get better and better. It got a little bit worse after that, but there was this moment where I literally dropped to my knees. And it was like I had said these prayers about, Lord, you know, let me do your will, but I, there was always this inner hesitation. I was afraid because I didn't know what that meant for me to do his will. I was afraid that, like, Things would get worse, which obviously is a lie. But that was, I had this terrible fear that, like, okay, like, if that happens, if you, if it's your will, like, I'm obviously, you know, like, it won't go well because I had no relationship with the Lord. So I didn't even know how loving He was. I didn't know how much He cared. I didn't know how much He wanted me to heal and how much He wanted to protect me. I saw God as someone a million miles away that it was sort of like, I felt as though when I would walk into a church, It was kind of like when you're driving down the road and there's a police car hiding in the bushes and you check your speed. That's how God felt to me. And until the St. Ignatius exercises, and then it all began to bloom. And so I just had this moment where I dropped to my knees and I totally, in that moment, I haven't had a moment, a lot of moments like this, but I totally surrendered to the Lord. And then that is when things really began to heal and things really started to like turn around. Um, and I got to have some prayers of exorcism. Um, and at that point, I really didn't think that how it was going to happen was going to happen. Cause again, I had no idea. I had no idea until I started researching some of this and praise God for father Chad Ripiger because he's an exorcist, but more importantly, he teaches, he teaches about virtue. He teaches about sin. He gives you the theology behind it so you can change your life and get on track. Um, and so I just learned a lot from him. I was already making a lot of changes in my life and, um, but it was a struggle. And so I went in because I had already had, because during the, the, the prayers that were going on, I felt burning during the, um, on the epiphany. And so I thought, okay, I'll, maybe I'll just have some burning and, you know, let, in and out, this would probably be one session and, you know, life goes on and whatever. And so I'm sitting in the chair and I, I started to get these sensations and it started to really hurt. And I said, you know, do you, I looked at the priest and I said, would you like me to tell you about anything experienced? He said, no, no, just sit there. And I said, okay. And not too much longer after that, something began to talk right through me and it was screaming and it would scream obviously because, you know, it's being beat up by prayer. Um, And it just, started saying things like, she's mine. She's mine. Um, and it really blew me away. It really blew me away. I had no idea that I was going to experience anything like that. Um, it was really intense. Um, just what I felt, um, to have something scream through me like that um and even though i knew it was a lie hearing something screaming i'll let i'll never let her go she's mine she's mine was really unnerving and so i mean i was by the time i was done i was soaking wet i had no idea they're like oh yeah you might get a little sprayed with holy water i was like okay i was i was soaking like my shirt was soaking wet because i had been sprayed with holy water so much and I went outside and it was a really, um, difficult moment because there's a playground, you know, so here I am. And then I walk outside and there's a playground there. And I just felt so strange. I felt very, it made me feel so dirty. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, here's a couple of kids. And like, what, what, what the heck, (laughs) you know, how do I, how do I just walk by and just get my car and go home, but you just get in your car and go home. And that's, that's how it is. And I had to actually pull over, um, and kind of process it a little bit. And, you know, I called my mom and, um, I, I just had to continue on. And, and that was it. I mean, you can't, let this stuff, you can't let them win. Um, But it was really difficult. And then, so that was January of last year. And then shortly after that, the whole coronavirus thing unfolded and I was scheduled to have another session and everything got shut down. So my next session would have been on a Monday and on that Friday, it got canceled. And I remember being in this place where I had this feeling deep down inside, like the Lord does not want me to depend on this because ultimately he's the one that's behind everything. It's just, it's a prayer session. It's, um, so I just could feel that in my heart to not to depend on this. And so I, I, um, I had to wait for almost a you know another year until I mean it was months because then all kinds of things were going on in the world and they you know then the riots were starting and so you know some people can become very violent and um so they kind of held off a little longer and then I got a call to go back and it was a totally different experience there was still some but there was talking this time. It wasn't nearly as intense. And I could see that so much healing, despite the fact that I hadn't been there in so long, so much healing had occurred. And it was just a totally different experience. And, you know, from that point, it's just been less, 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 less. It's just like the Lord showed me one day I was asking him because I used to get very nervous about the scripture where it talks about, you know, having a swept house, if there's, a, you know, issues with unclean spirits and having a swept house. And if they come back and find your house is clean and empty, you're going to be seven times worse. And that used to terrify me. I was like, I don't, this, this is bad enough. Um, I don't want seven times worse. So I, um, one day he showed me a glass of milk and it was, with water going into it and the milk was slowly being displaced by the water. And then I understood, I was like, Oh, okay. Got it. (laughs) Um, You need to be filled with the Holy spirit. And I just needed to have a closer relationship with him. And it, that's just, that's that. I feel like that image is exactly what this process has been like. It just gets better and better and better and better. I mean, I've been through a lot with it. It hasn't been easy, But um, so much healing has taken place. Um, So much has come out of this. I've made so many life changes. Um, It's hard because obviously when you go through this, a lot of people don't understand. You know, naturally I've lost a friend or two, you know, (laughs) Um, but it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Only because, as bad as it was, that's what it took for me to to wake up. Wow. That's what it took, and for me to get serious about it. Um, and even though I would think I was serious, the Holy Spirit would be right there to sort of tap me on the shoulder and say, "Oh, nope." Or I'd be on a path and things would be going really well, and then I, I You know, I would, I'm very careful now about what I watch on television. Not so much because yes, you can open the doors by those things, but out of respect, out of respect for the Lord, you know, like why am I going to watch this movie with a bunch of violence in it? There's just no reason for it. There's no reason for that. And again, all of the lies about what's quote normal. So it really shapes, there's so much that I've given up. There's so many things, just even so many things I've thrown away. Um, you know, even jewelry, you know, just that was connected to birthstones, you know, the whole astrology thing. I was like, just nope. And I didn't want to do it, but I just felt like I had to show God how serious I was. Um, and that actually is one of the things that the exorcist said to me, I think in the first session, he said, there's two people who want to know how serious you are about this process, God and the enemy. And that really, I mean, I was getting pretty scared straight at that moment anyway, but when it came to something like that, Ignatius exercises, when they get into, you know, attachments to things, it's like, if I feel that upset about a, this piece of metal with a, a rock, a shiny rock in it, then like, I should not I shouldn't feel that stress about getting rid of it you know so it was like either way it was snapping through a disordered attachment and you know it was like a twofer (laughs) and getting rid of some stuff tied to astrology so um yeah and then from there once i had this the holy spirit put this appreciation for the eucharist i began to i really wept over my sins surrounding the eucharist treating it i treated the eucharist like it was my right that I was Catholic, and I made my sacraments, and it didn't matter how much sin, it didn't matter how many years it had been. If I was at the church for, you know, a wedding, or I, for whatever reason, that I happened to be present and attending a mass, um, I was going to take communion. Yeah, because it was, quote, my right, in my mind, that's how I and, I, and I really grieved over that, how I treated him was really hard, like, you know, he put this love in my heart for him. Um, those are the things that I'm grateful for. I'm not grateful. I mean, of course, nobody wants to go through, you know, having, getting a beat down from, you know, an unclean spirit, but though that's, I'm grateful for the fact that he showed me the truth. Yes. Um, and that in starting to get more acquainted with scripture, because I, I never read it, I was just so, I was so blown away at what's in there. I was so blown away about he he tells us how to live our lives. I mean, Jesus makes things very clear. He's very clear. And it's right there in black and white for us to take or leave. And I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for just the experience of how he works through scripture. I had this really amazing experience where I went on a retreat in the fall and I waited months because um, the whole COVID, everything was shut down and, and it was really worth the wait because I ended up being there alone, which doesn't really happen very often. And one of the things that out of all the experiences I had, one of the things that really kind of, I think, I don't know if it was, if it created a wound within me or just something that disturbed me was the, that she's mine, you know, just, she's mine. And so I was sitting in the chapel and I had Bible with me and I, during, during the retreat, I was able to get one-on-one spiritual direction. And so the priest had given me a, a list of, you know, different scriptures that focused on God's love for us. And I I didn't look at it yet I just had it next to me and I opened up the Bible and I felt compelled to like go to this one page I just opened right up to this one spot and I and I from everything that I had been through and all of my giving in I got nervous for a minute and I was like I don't who is this like is this me is this God like is this where is this and I looked down and it was um from Isaiah 43 and I'll, I'll read you um the scripture it was fear not for I have redeemed you I have called you by name you are mine and as soon as I saw you are mine it was like that it just hit me I knew it was him <laughs> literally literally have that Rich?
0: right right in front of me as we're doing this interview that
1: that's in scripture verse that is amazing I can't believe that I shouldn't say insane that's awesome that was the holy spirit totally that, wow wow that is so cool Cheryl
0: oh my gosh there's so many things so many I know
1: so many It's like things. the longest story ever but there's so many and I've had so many experiences like that like not only and you know and like in that moment where it was like I knew he was real um was that moment like that, what, that you are mine, that I'm his, that that, was a, that not only was that a lie, it was more than just the fact that that was a lie, that I'm his. you know And it just like it hit me in the heart. Um,
0: wow. You I've are- had Wow. yeah, amazing.
1: But I can't believe you had that on your desk. That's I can't believe
0: less. that either, but I also just connected the you are mine. It was literally the same words
1: that yes yes
0: and so he literally used scripture to try which is exactly what the devil does in in the desert when with jesus Mm -hmm. he uses scripture against the word himself
1: to exactly
0: it's just so crazy wow oh my gosh, i'm like blown away by that (laughs) (laughs) what were you gonna say you were gonna say another experience or i think you're about oh
1: i was gonna say another um scripture that is that really means something to me as a mustard seed because what was really cool was you know how sometimes at the end of mass they might make announcements or something like that and so um there i had been asked to speak about my experience just sort of they were doing like a new um a new um start another group of people i i am like tripping on my words i'm sorry they, um, it was time for like another experience for the St. Ignatius group. So it was time for like a new group of people to begin. And so in hopes that they would, um, you know get some people interested they asked if a couple people would just talk a little bit about it. And so the, the first day that I was supposed to do it the enemy was like working on me. This is when I still was really sick and all that stuff. And I <clears throat> had eaten something the night before that I shouldn't have eaten. And, it, and the next day I was like very rashy. My, my ears were doing weird things. And, and I just was like, had the spins really bad. And so I just felt like, I just, I felt like I couldn't talk in front of people because I felt so dizzy. So when I did, but they were going to do several different masses. So then there was another mass. And the day that I spoke, the scripture for that day was about the mustard seed.
0: Wow! Just- I just, oh my gosh, I just love those moments because I know it's, it's so, like it's so fortifying. And it's so amazing how he speaks to us. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that I, I, wow, I'm just like speechless. <laughs> obviously, from your story, there's just there's so much in it that we can learn I think that's what just like it just just that it's all true and that you literally like experienced how true it is on both sides like you I don't know I actually in, in reflecting on your story just like had this image of like a soldier almost like going out into battle and getting wounded Mm-hmm. And then someone going out into the battlefield to come and like address their, dress their wounds and bring them back. And that by doing that, that soldier learns so much more about what mm-hmm. it means to be at war and what it means yeah. to be like fighting and what it means to like the truth of, of what is happening then comparing to the person that never left the yes. the yeah. home base the whole time yeah. because there's just no way that they can even understand yeah. the experience of like experiencing for real what's happening and then but because you have that experience like you know at such a deeper level these truths and like your relationship, I mean, I love to just like chat with you because it's like your relationship <laughs> with God is so deep because by nature it has to be because he had to go out into the deep and yeah. like get you, mm-hmm. have you understand what's going on so that you can get back. Like, And it's just like, it's so amazing to to, to listen to your story because I feel like that is the case. And then like someone who just like, yeah, has never left, can't even fully understand. And I think sometimes yeah. we get like uh, intimidated or um, afraid even of like hearing battle stories. Cause it's yeah. like, whoa, you know, like, wait a minute. Like, this is real. Like this is really happening to people out there that are stumbling into these things innocently and thinking, you know, oh, this is going to give me the healing that I'm seeking. And I just loved how you explained, like how you even got involved in it to begin with, because it was, it was never a conscious, you know, decision to turn your back on God fully. You know, like you said, like if you had seen it that way, you never would have done it. Right. But you saw it it as, A way to get healing that's how it's marketed to yes exactly. And so, you're like, sure, why not? You know, like, and Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's very carefully, you know, disguised. The enemy is very sneaky in making, taking a truth, twisting it so that it sounds good, and then getting you to go deeper and deeper into it. And just like Mm -hmm. how crazy it is that we don't even see what it is. And oftentimes, like you said, it's like hidden, like the layers. not knowing what you're doing. You can't know. I mean, that's always, that's always a sign that um, you should really take a step back from what's going on. Because the fact that someone's trying to hide something from you, like the Lord tells us to bring everything to light, not to hide it in the dark. And the evil one wants to keep it in the dark. He wants to keep you confused and keep you wondering. And he uses that to draw us even closer, but then you look at something like the Catholic church and it's like, here are all the answers. Like here's everything we know. And actually we want you to ask the questions so that right. you get deeper into truth because there's no limit to truth because it's a person and mm-hmm. it's just this constant eternal, like growing that it's so Wow. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh, my favorite moment of your story. I mean, there's a lot, but definitely when you go and you, when that woman at the Dollar Tree told you to go to St. Michael's, I mean, I just have like literal goosebumps all over my body because like that's (laughs) amazing. That is the Holy Spirit. I mean, that woman, wow, she like was totally listening to the Lord and like, just went out on a limb without knowing your situation at all. And this is like what the Lord asked of us, like to listen to those nudges and mm-hmm. to not be afraid because you have no idea what that person might be going through or what's going on in their life. But if you feel that little nudge to invite them to the Bible study, invite them to mass, invite them to, you know, whatever it is, like just do it because, you just have no idea what you're, you might be providing for that person. And and then that story from there that you sat in front of St. Joseph, the terror of demons.
1: (laughs) Ah, there's
0: just so much goodness. And then the miraculous healing. I mean, I still, I can't even, I don't even know. It's like so wild. All I know is that I know the Lord is preparing you for
1: (laughs) Something, <laughs> something
0: because my gosh, this story is so full of. And to know when you've gone through a healing like that, it's like I know every detail of what was happening, and I mm-hmm. know that there's absolutely no way that you could logically explain this healing. Like it was just no. like you just stopped taking all this stuff that you had been on, spending all this money for. I mean, crazy,
1: it's just crazy. yeah. It was really, it was, yeah. And actually, the physician that I saw, and this is part of um, part of my healing story too, is that I hope that my story brings healing to other people. Because, so you know, I the physician that I was seeing at Brigham and Women's, um, you know, my physician, I had to in order to get into the special center. My physician had to, my regular PCP had to present a case. Basically, they had to compile a bunch of information. They had to send it. They had to, um, you know, I had to be receiving certain treatment beyond certain medication. I had to, you know, there's a lot of boxes that had to be checked off. And then they review your case and determine whether or not they'll take you. So right there, the fact that I got through that um, was miraculous. And then... Once I had that healing and then things again, everything was going on and doctor visits were not in person anymore. And I waited for months and I made an appointment with him and I sat down with him and I said, I I told him, I said, I'm not sure what your, your belief system is, but I had a healing. And I said, it happened. You know, I had this experience and I explained it. And he was so grateful and he said out of the, cause this is a, a really rare thing. And he said out of the, you know, 600 and something patients that he has treated for this, um, he said, I'm the only one that has ever recovered or healed. It's, there's no cure for this. People are sick and that's it. That like their bodies just don't go back to normal. And I said, it was, I mean, I remember, I was actually like, I wouldn't say trembling, but almost, I was very nervous to tell him this. And I said, it's the reason why I waited to the point where I could see you in person, because I really wanted to sit down across and like look you in the eye and tell you about this. And um, um, because that particular, because of that, a lot of people who have that, they go through a lot with the medical community because they start to say that, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. It's in your mind. And it's like, how is urinating blood in my mind? You know what I mean? Like, how is what, you know, like when your body starts doing that many things and they don't know what's wrong with you, they're just, nobody knows what to do with you. And so, um, that's why he was so grateful because he said the number one thing that people ask me is, will I ever get better?
0: Hmm.
1: And now he's got one person that can let him say yes because Mm -hmm. it's amazing and so he's you know with all the restrictions and all of that stuff he said he said we have symposiums and stuff I'd love for you to when we are able to I'd love for you to come and talk to some of the patients and just um to give them hope and um I said that's that was the biggest struggle was like in going through that will I ever be, will my life ever be normal again? Will I ever be able to move like I used to move and eat like I used to eat and breathe like I used to breathe? And um, it was really, that was really amazing. And also the fact that not only does it give people hope, but um, that it is connected to Christ and whether or not someone wants to believe, but maybe it'll at least put something, plant a little seed where they start. When I tell them, look, I'm, I'm crediting the Lord. (laughs) They can say whatever it is, but that's who I give credit to. Um, And he said, you know, every now and then there are some patients that, you know, they pass away or they move or they just stop coming. And I said, you might want to it's possible that maybe other people heal, but they're just too embarrassed or they don't know. Cause how do you go through all of this stuff? And that, what do you say? You know, what yeah. do you, how do you right. explain it? I, I said, it was really difficult for me to come and to sit down with you and tell you that. And so he was, he was, he's a really amazing physician. I've never met a physician like him. Um, just a very kind man. Um, incredible bedside manner. Just really, you, you, when I would go to see him, I almost felt like I was going to his house. You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> he was just very gracious and kind. And wow, um, that's yeah.
0: amazing. That definitely planted a seed for him. I wonder like where I hope that, will... that oh, totally. But um, yeah, I think that that is just one part of the mission the Lord has for you. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm just telling you, like whenever, again, in scripture, whenever like someone encounters the Lord, they're always sent out. Like they're always sent out to do something because yeah. he loves and desires to have every single soul understand at the depths that you do this truth. And like, yeah, so he's gonna, he's gonna be sending you out. I'm sure he already has like to people I, in your life and to people to tell the story to, I mean, here we are Right now, that yeah. is no coincidence <laughs> that we met, and I was like, You told me your story, and I am literally jaw dropped because here I am in my head thinking, Oh, I literally have a podcast of conversion <laughs> stories, and she doesn't even realize. I'm like, Oh, wow, the Lord absolutely brought you to me to share this story with others so that, yes. I- Whoever is out there that needs to hear this can hear it and can seek healing. And the only thing that can bring healing, which is Christ himself, every good thing comes from him and just to go to him for every source of anything that we need and to lay it at his feet because right, he can do the miraculous and amazing things. And they're still happening today all around us. We just have to share, share them and Get them out there for other people to to listen and learn about um but okay so i wanted to ask you i it sounds like the saint ignatius of Loyola and the spiritual exercises were huge in your story the eucharist yeah. has been huge in your story scripture has been huge in your story but i wanted to give you a chance if there were any um influences on your journey that you wanted to give a mention to whether it is a specific sacrament that has really helped you in your journey or a speaker or a book or a podcast um anything that has really uh, or a devotion maybe that has really helped you to cultivate this relationship with the lord and to grow deeper in it
1: yeah um so Along my journey, I, I haven't had a lot of them, but I have had a couple of locutions. And um, one of them was about the divine office. So one day I was getting a particular intense, you know, attack, a physical attack. And I was starting to reach for a little pamphlet um, and I was at work, by the way, they don't, you know, they don't make it convenient for you. You could be anywhere, you know, doing stuff. And I was, I was at work and I was reaching for this pamphlet, um, because I don't know the opening and closing prayers by, by heart. And, and I, I heard divine office and I always, I don't really know, but I, for some reason, I always thought it might've been St. Maximilian Colby. Um, because I had just prayed to him and I could part of my journey is that what I would experience was extremely sensory. I could feel this stuff coming around me. I could feel them touching me. I could feel them coming in and out of the room. I could, I had a, um, uh, that's his clear dot, praise God. But, um, but I could feel that it was like, you know, as soon as I just like addressed my thoughts towards him and was praying towards him, it was like, boom, like like he was like an atomic bomb and right after that is when i heard divine office Mm -hmm. and um so i prayed it that i prayed the whole day's worth that day and what was really interesting was that that day the um was about false teachings scripture and there was something i forget which portion of it, a reading or something, but I specifically remember false teachings was part of it. And I read the whole, I did a whole day's worth. Like I prayed for a couple hours and at the end, this huge thing just left my chest area. It was just like, like a whoosh and it, and it just was gone. Um, And so that the power of that experience um, naturally drew me into them. But when I learned more about them first, of all, I just fell in love with them. They're, you know, they're all based on the Psalms and, um, that those prayers, I mean, Jesus himself prayed the Psalms. So it, it's just like, there's something so beautiful about them. I feel deeply connected to the Lord when I pray them. So they're, I find them to be very beautiful special prayers in general and i highly recommend them to anyone um even if you just do the invitatory every day i mean it's just it's just small it's just literally starting off your day just inviting the lord in um so not only do i recommend them but they they that i found in in my journey one of the things i started to notice was that there was a different i would experience something very different physically. When I would pray, when I would be saying prayers of like worship or adoration or love or Thanksgiving or anything like that towards the Lord, it was different. It was like, they sort of turned whatever was around me would just like deflate as opposed to the warfare. It's effective, but sometimes they fight back. And so I, that was part of it too, that I began to really be able to just feel that love, feel just the effects of it. Like there's such powerful prayers. Um, the other thing was that that was really amazing was once I learned about calling upon the precious blood of Jesus Christ, um, that, you know, there's, I forget in scripture, is it, is it Daniel who is praying to his angel and it takes him weeks for him to get there and he had to battle through the heavens. <clears throat> there is zero delay. It comes instantly. If you ask and the, you know, if you just pray to the Lord and you ask him to cover you with his precious blood, to you can you can ask him to protect things in your life um, immediately. It's instantaneous instantaneous it will come he the holy spirit comes the blood comes immediately like i could physically feel it every time like again now i don't have that experience again praise god just as i healed those things faded away um but that those those are have been really um and that's something that i mean there's so the catholic faith is very rich and deep and beautiful but there are some areas like that. Like, I don't ever remember hearing about Christ's blood. You know what I mean? And, and other than him being on the cross, but to how protective it is, like the power that's in there um, within him. It's just, um, let's see what else. There was something else I was going to say. Um, I think what's also, there have been so many saints, but for whatever reason, St. Gertrude, there's so many. I just, there are so many saints. Like St. Thomas of Aquinas, like I hear their name and it's like, my heart would swell with love. Like I just, there's so many amazing saints to intercede for us to learn from. I mean, amazing books. There's so many, but I really, I don't know what it is, but I just have, I have a thing for St. Gertrude and the Holy souls. Um, and, um, As far as like for anyone who hears this, I just, I just, my big hope is that just to bring awareness, um, you know, it's not a guarantee that just because you're using a Ouija board that you're going to have, you know, some of the encounters that I have. No, not necessarily, but you do open a door. And when you are weak in your relationship with the Lord, you make yourself very, very vulnerable to different things. And it doesn't necessarily mean, again, you're going to find yourself sitting in front of an exorcist, but the, you can just allow them access to different things in your life. They're just to just break things in your life around you, your finances, your job, your relationships, you know, they're, they're just out to attack and destroy but um but i guess i just what i really hope people take away from this again is that the spiritual realm is real it's all real and not only is god real and the enemy is real but our actions are have real consequences sin is real even the tiniest little complaint You know, what St. Faustina says, you know, she, she had no idea that even the tiniest offenses, I mean, that it's real. And so not so much to harp on that, um, and, and beat yourself up about it, but just to have an awareness, just to, just to catch yourself complaining and just say, Lord, I'm sorry. That's it. Just that even something that simple to just start paying attention to how, You know you approach those things because they matter it matters and um and um what else there was one other thing i wanted to say and that if anyone there really is nothing because i remember again i would genuinely weep i had a very strong conversion surrounding the eucharist and also confession
0: yeah and i would just about to ask you about a confession yeah
1: yeah, I would truly weep over my sins and feel very sorry. And I remember crying one day saying, you know, God hates the things that I did. He hates them. I did things that God hates. Like I'm feeling so grieved and so sad that he's so loving that he like fished me out of the depths of the deepest sewer. He came for me and I was doing, been was really hard but also what you need so that you stop doing those things so to just I mean confession can be really hard even sometimes I I I love confession and I I will still struggle Um, sometimes I like to you know I alternate if I'm really struggling with something I don't want to sit in front of the priest because I don't trust myself to confess it but then sometimes I like the face-to-face because I want the accountability. Like I I'm not hiding. Like I like looking at someone helps me face and own what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really helped me tremendously, also because I don't like going back for the same thing. I mean, we all have our weaknesses and it happens, but I, you know what it, it really when you confess regularly, it's just like layer, layer, layer. It all comes, you can you just so many things will open up in your life. Um, you actually one him. time, I yeah, one time something while I was sitting there and I got absolved from my sin, something and something, some sort of unclean thing that had been attached to my leg that I didn't even realize was there left. As soon as I got the blessing, I was like, whoa, didn't even know it was there. It was amazing. It was really amazing. So yeah. it's very, very, very powerful. In fact, um. Uh, I forget, I don't know who said this, but I so someone out there said that um. One confession is like a thousand exorcisms.
0: Yes, confession actually, uh, like confession can clean up most of what people assume. Absolutely, you need something more for, and this is why I think confession has just been absolutely. Trampled on in uh, in the world and in the church, like by people in the church, you know, and and by the culture around the church, because it's our great, it's one of the greatest treasures. I mean, just like the Eucharist, it's like it's such a gift. The graces that we receive in confession, and right, the evil one will do anything he can to keep us away from it. Yeah,
1: yeah, he tempts you into doing something, and then he beats you up for doing it, so that you don't want to deal with it and face it. You know, it's just. It's
0: crazy. Wow. Wow. So good. And you touched on, yeah, the two
1: things I was hoping
0: you would, which was, uh, one just like, I mean, we can't end this conversation without saying the power of the Lord. Like, I mean, I think that that is the whole thing about your story is just like Mm -hmm. how, as soon as you allowed him in, like your entire world began to completely change. I mean, obviously it's a process, but at the same time, like the evil one has no power when it comes to the Lord. And like you were saying with his, with his precious blood and with our Virgin Mary, just like Mm -hmm. all and all the intercessors of the Holy saints and the Holy souls in purgatory. And just like all the things that we can do, it, it has zero power the evil one flees and runs away scared Mm -hmm. when we have, when we know who we are and whose we are in Jesus Christ and that Mm -hmm. we have nothing to fear. You know, the point of saying all this isn't to make people afraid it's to let you know, yeah, that it's real and that this is affecting real people's lives, but that praise the Lord, like he came and he resurrected and Mm -hmm. this is all real, which means the answers are right here. Like all you need to do is seek the Lord and come to him in the sacraments in the church um, and seek him in all that you do. And uh, the evil one will run away. I love what you said too, about like giving thanks and how you can just feel it. I I feel like that too. Like um, I think it was St. Catherine of Siena that said the devil fears hearts on fire with love of God. And it's just so true. It's like when you love God, like He just can't even stand to be to be around you because it like hurts. It hurts to
1: even like attempt to be around you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, what's a better way than just to praise God and give thanks and to love Him um, and to put Him before all other things? And right, that is the most surefire way to make sure that the uh the evil one has nothing to do will not want
1: nothing to do with you um yeah but oh i almost yes. i almost forgot how could i forget mary thank you for mentioning her oh my goodness the other things when you were asking me about like things that have been instrumental um mary um having a relationship with her and the different devotions to her the different titles she has and in particular our lady undoer of knots and Our Lady of Sorrows. Mm. Um, And what was really amazing about that retreat was that, excuse me, months and months and months, i had had a very, had gone by um, from when I was supposed to be there, which was in March for that retreat. And I ended up going in September and it fell over her feast day. And it was fantastic because I had ordered some scapulars um, that I never got the chance to get blessed. And not only did I get to get them blessed on her feast day, but where the retreat was, it was, um, it was the, uh, the Oblates. They're you know, I, I just, it's one of those things where it's like, God is so good. Like, that is so fantastic that this fell on that day and I got to be here. And then also, Um, because I was the only one there I got to participate in the mass alone it was myself and the priest like I did the readings on and it fell on that day and it just again it's like one of those experiences where it's like you know the Lord is just really reeling you in Mm -hmm. and yeah and that there's yeah and I think that I think one of the things too that really struck me about this whole like you're saying thing uh, this whole about God's power, like just, but his love for us, his love for us is just, he just wants us to turn it around. He just wants us to turn it around. You know, I can't, I can't stress that enough. I really can't. Like, if if God was chasing me down, trust me, there's hope for you. Like, yeah. you know, whoever's out there, trust me. And He's waiting Thank there you.
0: to like. And I love too in your story that you can see clearly how He provided whatever you needed next to take the yeah. next step closer to Him, and that just kept happening, and just kept happening, and just kept happening. And even when you were in the, the battle, right? Like you're still being presented with the next step forward to bring yourself closer to him and look where you are now. I mean, it's just so crazy. Like that whole, like journey of being like all the way one way and then all the way the other. And it's just like, it's awesome. And, and now all the souls and the lives that you're going to touch because you know, all this stuff and you know, the depths of it and you know how true it is and that you can walk with people wherever they are and it's just yeah it's amazing to watch and I can't wait to see like just what wherever he calls you next because yeah (laughs) I have a feeling there's good there's a lot coming your way um but yes okay so unless you have anything else that that comes to your heart to to want to share I know there's so much it's a long story I know I feel like we no. should have like a QA and a session or something with you because <laughs> I'm sure so many people will want to hear more too um and you don't really have you don't have like a website or anything people could uh
1: no and I've really kind of wanted to and I don't you know I don't really know how to make a website but I've wanted to not just for so many reasons the one the biggest thing I really want something out there competing with IET. I want if someone's Googling that, I want my stuff to come up that says run, run. Yes. So um that's one thing. And also, yeah, I think Sounds I mean, like a great ministry. <laughs> yeah, it's like run away. Because really again, like everything that you go through in the exorcism, it's all God. Like, it's all God. It just it was, it just got to the point where it was like a little overwhelming and I was getting such a beat down that I just, I needed some help, you know? Um, but it's all God and it's really, it's just prayer. It's just, I'm, I, and I don't say that to minimize it. What I'm saying is that like, it's prayer, it's calling upon the Lord and it's your belief and your faith. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely, as someone who's been down this and just understands and understands the struggle, I think with like, to go through what I was going through and to still be screwing up. You know, so that people know like yeah, turn it around but don't give up. Don't give up no matter what, don't give up. If you fall on your face 27 times a day, get up 28 times. It doesn't matter how many times, just never give up. Never.
0: Yeah. And your free will too. That's another thing about your story. Just I think that's yeah. so Important, You know, it's, it has power. Like you were saying, those little decisions that we make, they have power, which means, yes, they have power one way, but they have power in his name, like incredible power. And I've multiple times throughout my own journey, like I've heard in prayer, him tell me every single, yes, I use like no matter how little it is. And you don't see, you don't see how I'm using it, but no. That whenever you say yes to me, it's being used like for you, for the good of others. Like I'm using every single yes. So whether it's as small as like saying a prayer in the morning when you wake up or whether it's as big as like recording this episode right now and sharing <laughs> it, like he uses every single yes that we give him, like the little decisions that we make throughout our day and um, for others and for you. And just like knowing that power in our, in our free will to say yes to him and all that we do. Um, Yeah. Thank you, Cheryl. Okay. So the last question (laughs) I hope to ask everyone who comes on at the end is, can you share with us one scripture verse that has either played a foundational role in your journey in the faith or has been speaking to you recently and why? And I know we just shared I have called you by name, your mind so good, but I didn't know if you had another one on mind. I have one.
1: And it's funny. It's so special that I forget it, (laughs) but there, (laughs) but the one there's this one line in scripture where it's talking about how, when he renews our hearts and, and he says, um, and it touches me so deeply in my heart and I love it every time I read it or hear it. Um, and I will be their God and they will be my people. It just, I don't know if there's something about that scripture that's so special to me that I am always moved by it. I am always moved by it. And I, I just love it just I, all by itself I'm without like, you know, either. I just, and wait, say it again. <laughs> it's, um, it's talking about, it's, it's, um, I'll have to find out exactly what the scripture is, but um, it's, it's talking about when he, when he gives us, like uh, when we become a new creation and he's giving us a new heart. Yeah. And it's, um, and I will be their God and they will be my people. Mm. And it just, there's something about it. It just makes me feel so connected to him. Yeah.
0: Again, it's like that identity of like being in him. Uh, yes, it's kind of like, I really love the scripture verse. Um, uh, my, I know my sheep and they know me or whatever yes, they, <laughs> my sheep hear my, my voice. voice yes they know I know them and they follow me it's like it same kind the of same feeling yeah where it's just like ah oh, yes you do and yes I do <laughs> um uh, oh, so good Cheryl thank you so much this like I know probably anyone listening can agree the amount of courage that this takes and the amount of just yeah fortitude and just like I am just like blown away by your honesty and your vulnerability and being willing to share this story to help other people, because there are people out there that are in the situation that you were in years ago and that are seeking answers. And so this is why we're doing this. So I just thank you so much for being willing to share your story with, with so many so vulnerable. Thank you. Thank you for having me all right all right bye bye <laughs> hi friend thank you so much for listening to this episode of to grow good this show is made possible because of your support there are a number of ways to support this mission you can join us for the cost of as little as one ice latte a month and helping to get these stories of god at work out to others in the world by joining the branches of the vine community of supporters we have a platform where we can connect and share our hearts with one another. I share on a monthly basis, a deeper aspect of my own conversion journey home to the Catholic faith. And there are audio scripture meditations, gifts from the To Grow Good shop, and more at every giving level. Please prayerfully consider joining us by visiting patreon.com slash to grow good or to growgood.com support. You can also leave a written review on Apple Podcasts to refer the show to those who may be seeking. You can share the show with a loved one, a family member, a coworker, or someone in your life that might enjoy hearing these incredible stories of God at work. You can join our email list at togrowgood.com for lots of behind the scenes content, scripture devotions, and more. And lastly, you can follow us on Instagram at to good. I will see you next week.